everybody, and welcome to another edition of On the Money with a certified financial group right here on News 96.5 WDBO's Ask the Experts Weekend. We are here with a certified financial planner professionals at the Certified Financial Group. We have Gary Abley and Nancy Heck here in the studio today taking your phone calls at 844-220-0965. Good morning. Good morning. Where are you guys today? Good. Wonderful. Fantastic. What can the audience call you about today on this, you know, somewhat rainy for the pretty much rainy morning and rainy afternoon Saturday? They can call us about any of their pocketbook questions, as I like to say, uh, centered mostly as far as we're concerned around retirement planning. Uh, we talk to people about uh, budgeting, about uh, their 401ks, their IRAs, uh, mutual funds, long-term care, uh, life insurance, tax-deferred annuities, uh, what the pan- planning process entails, all of the, the questions and concerns that you have when you're at or near retirement. All right, just like that. And if you want to dial us up, it's 844-220-0965. That is 844-220-0965. We also have the text machine. That's up and running as well. You can text us your question to 21232. That is 21232. We just asked you to keep it about 160 characters because that's all we could see on the screen. We don't want to get it cut off have some key detail missing, and give out the wrong information. So if you can give it to 160 characters, the text is an excellent option, 21232. Topic of the day, it's summertime. Be sure to follow these three tips to keep you keep your identity safe while you travel. Yes, yes. We're actually getting ready to travel next uh, this coming weekend. Oh, nice. So, Where are you going? Uh, we're going to Houston for a wedding. Oh, fun. So, yes. Hopefully it'll be fine. I've never been there before, so warm and humid. Well, uh, so like Florida, just like Florida. Okay, you, you, you'll feel right at home. Okay, so we're not going to be renting a car, but I did have a, a rental car recently because I had some uh, work done on my on my own car. And one thing they asked is, did I want them to sync my phone to the car? To which mm. I said, no, thank you. A lot of people do want to sync their phones to the car, but they don't think about what kind of trail and information they're leaving oh, on the Bluetooth in the rental car Ooh. once they're done with it. <laughs> You've got me thinking, Nancy, because yeah. I just rented a car in Charlotte, and it automatically synced. Really? I it did it automatically? Yeah. It did it automatically oh. because my playlist for music just started playing on the car, and it's like, okay. Did you plug it in? Uh, you know, I don't think I plugged it in. I was going to say, if you plugged it in, I believe that, I but if it's wireless, that's, uh, yeah. that's interesting. Okay, so given the choice, yes. I say please do not sync your phone to the car, okay? So, and another thing, one thing that we did yesterday for um, any, you know, if your phone, iPad, anything you're taking, make sure you have a VPN, which is a virtual network that's going to protect all of the things that you might be uh, uh looking at or checking or doing, whether it's financial or business or anything on your phone or your iPad while you're traveling or while you're in the hotel. Hmm. Um, a lot of people you see walking around doing stuff on their phones or you go into a coffee shop and everybody's on their um, uh, laptop doing schoolwork or business or something. And I always wonder what kind of protection they have on their little laptop there, or how much are they leaving themselves open to anybody who may be sitting next to them or are walking past? Well, so. that's right. And I think probably a lot of folks maybe in a Starbucks are just using their Wi-Fi 
they're not using a VPN. Right, you know, right. So that is very good advice. Yes, and, you know, when you're going to a hotel, you're given the password so you can log on to their network, and you want to be able to protect yourself while you're doing that. And the last thing that I'm going to suggest is that you empty out your wallet. I know that there's a lot of people that have more than one credit card. We, we have a basket right here for those of you who <laughs> want to your wallet. You right. know, if you have a card, it just one credit card should be enough. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a lot of people that walk around with their Social Security card in their wallets, which mm-hmm. drives me crazy. Um, and you don't necessarily need to take your debit card with you either. Yeah, so, that's a big one. You know, your driver's license, a credit card. And and I think that that's sufficient. And make sure you have some cash on you. Yeah, you wouldn't want to take cash out, uh, especially if you're overseas or anything like that, or the out-of-state bank. The banking fees are six, seven dollars now yes. to pay cash out. Yeah, they're crazy. Well, they're that's crazy. a good good advice too. Is just check with your credit card company for those foreign transaction fees. Because what I did when uh, I was traveling with my daughters to to Europe a couple of years ago, we had, of course, like most people, you have multiple cars. Maybe one for Costco. Maybe a, mm-hmm. you know one for reward points. And we found one would uh, eliminate the foreign transaction costs, and it also gave us a lot of protections while traveling. So it, it pays to look at those different options when you are traveling. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things you got to think about because, okay, my Costco card's not going to help me. Uh, this gift card I have to my favorite restaurant's not going to help me. Uh, just take all that stuff out because right. it all has your name, picture, account right. on it. Right. All but not useful anything outside of your normal community routine. Right. So, yeah, it's a lot of good information there. And I know for for my people, there are purses that you can get that have protection built into them. So somebody who's walking by with some type of scanner or something can't get to all the stuff that you have in your purse. Mm-hmm. I know that there's wallets that ha- offer protection also for somebody that may be, you know, using something to... to scanners, yeah. Yeah. So you just, you have to be a little bit defensive as you're packing everything. Um, you know, and, and think about what kind of uh, trail you're going to be leaving. My vacation wallet is much, much smaller than my <laughs> normal wallet. Right. Okay. And they so take it all out. One Good. of the things we do, too, is when we're traveling, we put our passports. Well, I don't, but my daughters put their passports in a necklace so that they're mm-hmm. wearing it, uh, you know, on them and it's not, you know, on, on their purse or something that could be easily snatched. Right. So. Yeah, yeah I, I have the, the cargo shorts on vacation because they have all those pockets that right. button up, zip up, right. that it's easy sure. to do. And and that that's how I've uh, been able to go around and travel without getting myself in trouble. But I understand even for women, I mean, even with a purse, you know, you never know. You have to be careful. You yeah. have to be careful. I got my husband a Scotty vest. Ah, oh, all the, all much, the, yes. you know, it just looks like a thin little vest <laughs> and it has all the pockets on the inside. I thought you were going to say a merce, and I was going to say, I don't think he's going to look good with a merce. No, he has one. He has a he really has a nice black leather oh, one. I still haven't gotten used to those. <laughs> well, before I forget, Kyle, one of the things I wanted to mention, I know sometimes okay. we, we uh, are on this show and we have callers that have that million-dollar question they want to ask us, but they don't want to open up to everybody on the radio. So we do have Ronnie Owenby in our office, and he is taking calls as well. So if you have something personal that you don't want to share with, you know, thousands of other people listening, you can call our office at 407-869-9800. And I know uh, Ronnie, he's a CPA and a certified financial planner, so he can also help with uh, tax issues that you might have or tax questions, tax planning. But uh, he's a very humble person, so I, I... think you'll feel comfortable sharing your questions with him. Yeah. 
Uh, uh, go ahead and give out the number one more time before I give the number. So that office number is 407-869-9800, and I believe he will be there today till 10 o'clock. No, so plenty of time. personal questions, feel free to call. And if you want to call the show, it's 844-220-0965. That's 844-220-0965. Or you can text us your question to 21232. That's 21232. Now, if you may not have a question this morning or anything of the top of the mind, something we'd like to do, and that has been pretty popular and pretty exciting, is the Mythbusters. What is that piece of advice you've been listening to for the past 10, 15, 20 years because the neighbor told you you had a best friend's aunt, uncle who was uh, worked in finance at some point? Well, his cousin told you to do that. You know, this is what we're doing on the radio today. So, you know what? I heard this. I heard this. I heard this. Is that true? You can just call up and just get a confirmation that you're on the right track, 844-220-0965. What's the, I mean, what's the most common thing you've heard recently that you're – thinking, you know what, people probably should be paying a little bit more attention to something different. I would say probably a recession. Everybody is so concerned about recession. The the big talk of the day, you can't pick up the Wall Street Journal or Barron's and, and not see something stated about an inverse yield curve. You know, the, the history of that is uh, it's been a pretty good predictor of a recession. So let's just take, wait, for wait, example. Wait. What is an inverse yield oh, curve? Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you beat me to it. <laughs> Let me dumb this down a little. So usually when we talk about an inverted yield curve, we're talking about the difference between a two-year and a 10-year treasury note. Now, you typically would expect if you're going to invest in something out 10 years, you want a higher rate of return, right? Correct. So, But when the opposite happens, when you can earn more in a two-year treasury than a 10-year treasury, that tends to be an indication that, Woe is me, something bad is coming, right? We, we're losing confidence. The economy is going to slow down. And actually, it's been a very good predictor of past recessions. So that's been the buzz of late, and I think that's led to a lot of volatility. Of course, we've had the trade issues as well with mm-hmm. Mexico, China, and I see maybe that a deal has been reached hopefully this morning. But uh, back to the recession, you know, one of the beautiful things about our office is we've got 12 CFPs, and we all talk about these things regularly in our planner meetings, and somebody brought up recently, uh, I think Fidelity was visiting us, and they had a nice a nice uh, handout, if you will, about the history of recessions going back to after World War II. And what I thought was interesting, and I was very surprised actually by it, is about half the time when we're in a recession, the market actually rises. So it's almost a flip of a coin. And uh, if any of our listeners would like that, uh, they can just uh, go to financialgroup.com, shoot us an email, and we'd be happy to send you that data. So a recession is not a bad thing. No. Now, why is – I'm going to ask Nancy a question, put her on the spot. Why is a down market actually good for your portfolio? Why is a correction or a bear market good for your portfolio? Well, you get to buy on sale. Well, that's exactly right. So So we get to rebalance. Yeah. Every planner uh, rebalances differently. Some planners will rebalance maybe once or twice a year. Some will rebalance when you're off target, maybe by uh, 5 10% from your target allocation. And when, what we mean by that is the percentage that you would have in equity or stock mutual funds versus the percentage you would have in fixed income or bond mutual funds. Now, I sent an email to all of my clients and said, uh, just, just so you know, you're going to see a lot more activity uh, a lot more transactions in your IRA accounts, your retirement accounts than normal, 
because what we had is a classic V over the fourth quarter of last year and the first right. quarter of this year. I mean, we went down 20%. We technically hit what we call a bear market, and we rose straight back up. And so uh, we ended up in some accounts having to rebalance three and four times. And as Nancy said, the good news is we were buying low yes, and yes. we were selling high. Yes. Now that's, I think that's the recipe for, for success. Uh, on our learning center, we have uh, an article on what should I do when the, when the market goes down, and I encourage people to, uh, to read that. It's uh, a lot of great literature on our website at financialgroup.com. All right, yeah, a lot of great resources on financialgroup.com. Not only uh, don't you have the Wall Street uh, story, interesting story of the yep. week, and all that other magic stuff, it's all available at certifiedfinancialgroup.com, and you can get some information on upcoming workshops. Yes, yes. You can indeed. Yes. Um, the next workshop is Saturday, June 22nd. All of the workshops are on a Saturday. They're from 9 to 11 in our uh, classroom in our offices at 1111 Douglas Avenue. So June 22nd, Healthcare Options in Retirement. Saturday, July 20th, Countdown to Retirement. And Saturday, August 24th, Financial Basics, Elements to a Successful Financial Plan. These are all hosted by Gary. And so, I'd like to like to talk about that last one because this is a mm-hmm. new one, and, and uh, we, we actually haven't developed it yet, I have to admit. Uh, but Ronnie and I, uh, Ronnie, who's taking calls in the office uh, today, and I are developing that workshop together because one of the things he said is we talk about financial planning day in and day out. We talk about it on the radio, but we never show somebody what that deliverable is. So in that workshop, we're going to go through a sample financial plan so people actually see, gee, if I hire somebody to do a financial plan, what do I get? And is it going to be accurate? And the first thing I say is it's not going to be accurate initially, but that's part of the financial planning process is we use a lot of assumptions. We use assumptions on growth rates, inflation. So we're going to go over all of that, including risk mitigation. Should you have something for in place for long-term care? Should should you have life insurance? You know. I bet, Nancy, how many times you see people come to you in their 60s with enough net worth to retire comfortably and they're still paying for life insurance? Well, that and they don't think about the fact of how many years they're going to be actually in retirement. Mm, You know, they look at, I'm going to retire in two or three years and I have all this money. But if we're looking at 90, 95 years for life expectancy, that's an awful lot of years working without any income um, other than what you're producing from your investments. Right. And, you know, in that healthcare workshop, I go over the math of why uh, I uh, am budgeting about $510,000 for healthcare. Uh, I'm age 53, so I'm 12 years away from uh, Medicare age. And right now, if you're 65, a couple's going to spend about a quarter of a million dollars over only a 20 year. That's the average, right? So averages are really deceiving. Yeah, mm-hmm. they can be. Yeah, they can so, be. I mean, I don't want to plan for 20 years. I, I'm hoping to live, you know, to 95. Mm-hmm. So. I'm planning to 100. All right, good. That's it. Anything after 100, somebody else's problem. I've decided I'm going to care to I'm 100. But well, I won't they, be around it, to see that. <laughs> if they would like, to, any of our listeners would like to go to our website, financialgroup.com, you can make a reservation for the workshops, which I highly recommend. You can also see the bios of all of us. You can schedule a complimentary consultation. There's a lot of information, financialgroup.com. 
All right, 844-220-0965 is the number to dial us up. Again, 844-220-0965. We'll take your calls and your texts right after we get the three big things you need to know. Welcome back. This is On the Money with a certified financial group right here on News 96.5 WDBO. It is all a part of our Ask the Experts weekend. We are three minutes away from the latest news, weather, and traffic, but we still got plenty of time to take your phone calls at 844-220-0965 with Nancy Hett and Gary Abley, certified financial planner professionals at the Certified Financial Group, all here till 10 o'clock. Taking your phone calls, 844-220-0965. Sean has dialed us up. He's out in New Smyrna Beach. Got a great question for the panel. Go ahead, Sean. Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing? Good morning. We're doing good. What can we do for you? That's good. Well, I know I'm a little young to be talking about retirement, uh-uh. but uh-uh. I was I was curious. Um, you guys talk a lot about the investments and the money you can make off your investments. I was curious is if I save say two or three million dollars during my working career, if I leave that money that I set aside for retirement in a bank account that has a pretty solid interest rate on it, do you think that would be able to help supplement my income during retirement? And I understand that the more money I take out of it, the less interest I'm going to get on it. Okay. First, So I I was just curious. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. First, I want to address your saying that you're too young. Uh, For our listeners, Sean is 27. The earlier that you start saving for your retirement, the best, the better off you'll be. The, the one um, advantage you have that a lot of people don't have is you have time. And time is a huge, huge factor when it comes to savings for retirement. Okay, so, and, and then you're saying a high interest rate. So what do you consider to be a high interest rate? Um, I would consider a high interest rate probably three or four percent on what's in the account. All right. So there aren't any bank accounts that are paying three or four percent right now. Um, That would be nice if there were some that were paying that. I think you can get just under two, right around two, if you're willing to lock your money up for maybe five years. But in our planning process, we use three percent or more for an inflation factor. So if you're earning, say, three percent interest on something, and inflation is at 3% higher, you're either stagnant or you're going backwards as far as purchasing power goes. So you always need to have some equities in your portfolio no matter what age you are. Well, you need some growth assets. Now, some folks, you know, I'll, I'll use my dad as an example because it's his birthday. And, uh, yay. Yay. But, uh, he, well, happy birthday to him. Absolutely. So he has never invested in stock mutual funds, and if he ever asked to, I would say, Dad, don't, because he cannot handle the volatility up and down. But he has invested in growth assets known as rental property or farm uh, land, et cetera. But, you know, here's the issue, Sean. You could you could live 70 more years at your age in, in your 20s. And one thing that uh, people ask me, well, Gary, why are you using 3% as inflation in uh, the financial plan that you did for me? Because inflation's, you know, we're having a hard time getting to 2% right now. And the reason is, uh, for, especially for somebody your age, is inflation has actually averaged a little over 4% if we go back the last 50 years. 
So I think it's naive of us to think inflation will stay at this 2%, especially given we have unfunded liabilities for Medicaid, Medicare, and Social Security exceeding $80 trillion in addition to our debt of $20 trillion. So our real issue in this country is a $100 trillion ticking time bomb, and that will likely, unfortunately, lead to inflation, possibly hyperinflation, in somebody your, at your age. So you need growth, Sean. You need growth. I, I can send you something, too, if you want to email us later. Uh, that will be a great indicator of comparing savings rates in a bank to equities. Well, well, Sean, hang on the line. We're coming up on latest news, weather, traffic. We'll pick this up where we left off. If you want to get behind Sean, it's 844-220-0965. That is 844-220-0965. We will continue with On the Money right after the latest news, weather, and traffic right here on News 96.5 WDBO. Welcome back. This is On the Money with a certified financial group right here on News 96.5 WTBO's Ask the Experts Weekend. We're taking your phone calls at 844-220-0965. That is 844-220-0965. You can also text us your question to 21232. That is 21232. We are here with certified financial planner professionals with certified financial group. We've got Nancy Head. Gary Abley, able to take your questions at 844-220-0965. We were talking to Sean out in New Smyrna Beach. Sean is still on the line. Um, Gary, I want to have you pick this up where we left off here. Uh, Sean was just trying to get some interest rate questions about whether just putting a high interest savings account was good enough to get him through retirement. Well, Sean, we may have a period of time where we do have high interest rates, and, and that might be a strategy in the future. But as Nancy mentioned, you know, I think I looked at a five-year CD. The best one I saw was like 2.65% on Friday for a client. But uh, the, the one thing that inflation does, uh, even for somebody who's 65, 18 years away from retirement, if inflation should go to 4%, you're going to need double your money, absolutely double your money. Uh, and how you know that, you can take 72 and divide 4 into it, and you'll find that that's 18. And so every 18 years, you're going to need double what you started out with. So in retirement, if you say, well, Gary, with Social Security, I only need $40,000. Well, in 18 years into retirement, that 40 is now 80000 And if all you're earning is 3%, and if inflation might be 4%, or even if you're just earning that, you are not going to have enough money. Uh, now, the 2 or $3 million, Sean, is probably a little bit light if that's the end goal because 2 or $3 million might be equivalent to uh, 400000 or so in today's money, again, depending on inflation. And if you think about 400000 a safe withdrawal rate, we usually say is how much, Nancy? What do you, what do you usually use? Uh, well, about 5% is what I, well, no. Yeah, and I use 4 Yeah. So, so you know, it, Again, 4 to 5% is a good range. I always like to, to say to clients, if you take a 4% withdrawal rate, you typically have about an 80% or so chance of not outliving your money in most Monte Carlo simulations we do. And that's simply simulations of past stock market uh, history. You get up to 5%, you start getting into those 60 percentiles. Still, still pretty good probability. Uh, and, again, it depends on your risk tolerance. Yeah, Sean, are you taking advantage of a 401K or something like that through your work? I recently, um, the company that I worked for got bought out by a big corporation, mm-hmm. and they were um, 
cutting the low-hanging fruit, I guess you could say, and I was one of those pieces of fruit. So I lost that job. Okay. And the current job that I have now does not offer a 401K. Okay. So you need to set up a uh, traditional or a Roth IRA account and continue saving for yourself on a tax-deferred basis for your retirement. Okay. And then my last question was, I was talking to my dad the other day, and um, he told me back in the day when his father was reaching retirement that Social Security was going broke. Mm-hmm. And now here we are 45 years later, right? and Social Security is still going broke. Uh, yeah. So at the age of 27, do mm-hmm. you really think that Social Security is something that I would be able to um, not bank on, but maybe help supplement my income? I, I, supplement, I think, is a, is a good attitude towards Social Security. There have been changes. Uh, the uh, full retirement age has been pushed out a little bit, so that allows the trust fund to accumulate a little bit more money. Uh, there's potential for means testing, which means that the government will look at the income that somebody has in retirement, and you may end up getting less. Uh, what's being paid in now is is going towards the trust fund. It, it's under current estimates, are not supposed to quote unquote go broke until uh, 2030 something, and then there'll be enough people paying in to make the retirement payments for Social Security for those who are receiving it. So. I mean, if nothing else, it should be enough to pay your utilities. Right. Well, Sean, and, and, and here's kind of a, a crazy answer to that. It costs us a couple pennies to print a bill, and that can be a $1 bill, 5 10 20 50 100 Maybe we'll create a $500 bill. And, and I say that kind of uh, flippantly in the sense that uh, it's, it's cheap to print money. So I believe personally that Social Security will always be around, and we will always keep that commitment. The issue is going to be what those dollars actually pay. In other words, if if we don't have fiscal discipline as a country, we're going to have inflation, and then the dollars will be worth less. Um, so, but I know some planners in our office uh, will use 75% of the projected benefit because that is about the estimate uh, that uh, Social Security will be able to pay when they do start getting into the shortfall. I don't. I use 100% of what uh, your benefit estimate, and you can get that, by the way, from ssa.gov, so everybody can log in, answer a few security questions, and get their Social Security estimate. I think you'll get all of the benefit. Uh, I would, when we do plans, uh, some of us use 1%. Some of us use 2% as the cost of living adjustments. Uh, I typically use 1%. I don't know. What do you do, Nancy? Inflation factor on Social Security. Right, the cost of living adjustment. Nothing. Nothing. I okay. I use the zero. Right. So I mean, it's we've we've experienced decent adjustments, but they've also Congress has talked about tweaking that so that would pay out less. And by the way, they, you, you'll hear people say we've never had a cut to Social Security benefits, and here's the roundabout way how they actually cut it. it used to never be taxed. Now, yeah. up to eighty-five percent of those benefits you receive are taxed. So that's to me the same as a cut. So. So, Sean, a lot of great questions. Thank you so much. And and use your biggest advantage that you have, which is your time. Yep, absolutely. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much for your help. I really appreciate it. Thanks Thank for your you. call, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Absolutely. If you're in Sean's boat and just have another follow-up question, it's 844-220-0965, 844 
888-888-0965. Time. That is the biggest advantage. Yes. So anybody yes. in their 20s, 30s, and 40s listening, you're in a good spot. Debbie in Longwood has dialed us up. Debbie, go ahead with your question. Hi, Debbie. Hi. Good morning. Um, we were fortunate enough to be able to self-fund our children's education, um, and but now they are at the point where they're going to start paying us back for that. And we really you know, don't need the money immediately. Um, so we didn't know if the best thing to do, uh, I'm 60, my husband's 64, is to look at um, long-term care. Um, I do 18000 in my 401K every year. My husband hasn't been good about doing his. He has a simple plan. So I don't know if the best thing to do with those monthly payments is to focus on long-term health care or to fund my husband's um, simple IRA. My first inclination is to boost up the retirement savings. Well, it's a good question, Debbie. And, and you know, my, my inclination is to say at your age, what is your long-term care plan? Now, your long-term care plan doesn't have to be insurance, right? Uh, you know, I, I would agree with Nancy. I think focusing on retirement assets is the way to go with this newfound money. However, uh, you do need to have – everybody needs to have a long-term care plan, period. Uh, it doesn't matter whether you can't afford long-term care insurance. You still have to have a plan, and that plan might be planning for Medicaid, so in Florida, the good news is your retirement accounts in your primary home are not something that's going to disqualify you from Medicaid. So for our listeners who have pre- predominantly most of their money in their main uh, home and or retirement accounts, they may opt, and this might be you, Debbie, you may opt to say, well, I think I'm going to go the Medicaid route because, you know, I just uh, quoted a couple uh, one was 65, one was 67 on a long-term care single-pay policy that would cover about 70% of their needs, only 70% of their needs. They were going to use their Social Security benefits to uh, in their retirement uh, distributions, their required minimum distributions from IRAs to cover the balance, and that lump sum amount was 255000 now I'm I'm guessing, Debbie, that this newfound money from the from the children is not 255000 that right? No. No. No, but you're not. And, it, and it's going to be over the, over the form of of regular monthly payments for a number of years. Correct. Okay. Correct. So yeah. But for our listeners, you're probably looking on a monthly basis of funding long term care somewhere in the five to eight hundred a month range. If you're going to be a, a monthly pay on long term care, now can you buy it cheaper? Absolutely. Can you pay more? Absolutely. But uh, you don't really look to, to uh, fund all of the need because you have other income that can supplement some of that. And, and one thing that I would want to look at with long-term care is what does your family history dictate, even though that's not 100% an indicator of what your long-term care needs might be. Uh, but you know right. definitely that your husband's going to want to retire. And, and anything that can be done to boost up the retirement savings, I think, should be primary. And then secondary, whatever you can do for yourselves for long-term care savings. Now, if your husband's listening, just, think- just tell him to keep working because he's not contributing to a simple IRA. <laughs> See how that goes? <laughs> yeah. He just, well, I mean, he has, you know, 
you know, done it in the past. I mean, he has a, a sizable sum in there, but just in the past, past few years, he's gotten lax about it. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Now, well, we were you talking know. about that very same thing at the break. You know, yeah. Nancy and I were saying, you know, if you just put it away out of that paycheck, each and every pay period, you don't miss it. Right? Well, it's, you don't see it, you don't miss it. Right, and he's paying taxes versus paying himself. Where would he rather send the money, to his own pocket or to that of Uncle Sam? Uh, I, I totally understand, and that's, that's why we wouldn't qualify for Medicaid, because we were good when we were young. We put money away, and mm-hmm. it has grown nicely. Mm-hmm. And they've taught my kids the same values, right. and they've done the same thing. So. Good for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sure. Right, and just, just to carry on for that, just one minute, a lot of people think, they don't qualify for Medicaid. And in the healthcare workshop coming up on uh, June 22nd from 9 to 11 in our office, we have uh, the law office across our parking lot, Murphy and Berglund. Uh, one of the uh, attorneys hosts uh, that with me, and they talk about just how you can qualify for Medicaid. So a lot of people think they can't, and through the use of Miller Trusts, uh, if you can plan early, you in fact can qualify for Medicaid in many cases. So I would encourage, you know, those who are thinking they can't to come in, listen to the uh, the uh, information from these attorneys. Oh, are you still there? I don't want to see still there. Oh, okay. And then also, when somebody comes into money that they had not expected, I always think if there's a frivolous little itch that you've always wanted to scratch, <laughs> you should take advantage of that, too. Not with 100% of what you you have now as found money, but just a little bit. Okay. So, Well, Debbie, hopefully that answers your question. And if uh, you have any more, uh, what's the best number to reach you during the week? They can, uh, Debbie or anybody else who would like to could call us at 407 eight six nine nine eight zero zero or they can go to our website which is financialgroup.com and they can request a complimentary consultation with one of the twelve of us. And yeah. if you're out of area they can call one eight hundred execute like you're executing a plan. All right. If you uh want to call the show right now we still got one more segment segment to get your question answered. Eight four four two two zero zero nine six five. That is eight four four two two zero 0965. We are planning tomorrow, today, right here on News 96.5 WDBO. Welcome back to the final segment of On the Money with a Certified Financial Group right here on News 96.5 WDBO. It's all part of our Ask the Experts weekend. We've got three minutes away from latest news, weather, and traffic, so we want to get right back to our busy phone lines here. Allison Orlando has dialed us up. Allison, you've got a question for Nancy and Gary. Go ahead. Hi, Allison. Hi. Um, I'm just wondering what's the What's the best course of action for me as a 47-year-old single woman, no kids, as far as saving for my future? Okay. Are you taking advantage of some type of payroll-deducted plan at work? I do. I max out my 401K every year, um, and I also put in to an IRA that I opened years ago. Okay. So I'm, I'm meeting, like, my, my maximum deductions every year. Um, All right. I just don't know if there's something more I should be doing. And you have a good emergency fund set up for yourself? Yes. Okay, good. I keep um, company stocks. I keep that as my kind of flush fund and then another savings account that I keep probably, I don't know, a good 12000 in as far as okay. Okay. So don't we- touch it. 
Yeah, we had discussed, uh, you know, that having equities for the future. So if you're 47 and you work to a typical retirement age, you're going to work approximately 20 years more. So that's a lot of time to be doing the long-term um, payroll deducted savings. Uh, so to be able to save into some type of uh, mutual funds outside of that. Exactly. That's where I was headed as well. Yeah. And I would do it, your name, and then transfer on death to somebody so you avoid the whole probate issue. But you're going to want to be probably a little bit more equity-centric versus income-centric. But you're a perfect candidate for doing a financial plan. And looking at your time horizon, how you're living your life, taxes, inflation, and your attitudes towards investment risk to help us determine what might be a great uh, portfolio mix for you. So, Allison, I I don't want to ask numbers over the air, but let's hypothetically say that you have, you know, 250,000 saved so far for retirement and IRAs and plans at work, and now you, you're saying, well, where else can I save? I, I heard you say you had some savings as well. I think one of the biggest mistakes that we make is continuing to fund potentially IRAs that are non-deductible or funding uh, excesses into retirement plans that are going to cause us to have to take that out and pay ordinary income tax rates. So having savings outside invested in very tax-efficient uh, investments. Now, these might be index funds, potentially at your age, maybe some individual stocks, or tax-managed mutual funds, so that when you when you uh, sell those in retirement to help supplement uh, your withdrawals from your IRAs, you're only paying taxes at a lower long-term capital gains rates. So, for example, Allison, we would want you to have, if, if things were balanced, you know, you had 250 in retirement, 250 outside of retirement, we would want all of your fixed income to be in your IRAs and all of your stock mutual funds to be outside of your IRAs for tax efficiency. So call, call around us at the office. I think we're hitting a, hitting the deadline here, but uh, the end of the show. We but are. call around us at the office so we can talk about how to tax efficiently do what you're looking to do. Gary's going to give you the number right now, Allison. Go ahead. That is 407-869-9800. And the website. Financialgroup.com. All right. We'll be back here next Saturday. Thanks so much for listening. To-